Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. We're going to have a great day. If you're new with us today, I'm so excited you're here. I'm Pastor Landon, and we're going to have a family talk today. Is that okay? So like, we're in the living room, and we're going to have, I like that name. I think we're going to change the name to the living room right here. What do you think? We're here in God's living room, and we're going to have a little family talk. It's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about serving. Everybody say serving. And what's awesome about our church is we have amazing and amazing serve team. Can we just give it up for everybody? There is, if you serve, you are awesome. We appreciate you. You're great. And uh, I love being a part of this local church. And maybe if you've been here a while, you probably love it too. Maybe you're new today. You're like, these people are crazy. They look weird. No. But um, so this, the uh, message today is part two of our kingdom. We're, we're way into our Kingdom Builder series. I hope you've been enjoying it. We're going through um, our, our series called Kingdom Builders. And uh, last week we talked about grow. This week we're talking about grow. Last week we talked about us personally growing in our relationship with the Lord. Today we're talking about us as a church growing. Isn't that awesome? Do you know that God wants His church to grow? Numerically, He wants His church to grow. And I'll show you why today in this message, okay? And I'll show you the reasons why. But I want to talk, I want to tell you a little story since we're in the living room. We're going to have a family talk today. And it's exciting. Maybe you're kind of like, wow, the family talks at our house are not fun. Well, today, you're in God's house. And these family talks are always fun. We've got one person clapping. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes, we've got another one. So today, we're going to be talking about growing. We're going to talk about serving. But I wanted to tell you a little bit about me. When I was nine years old, I went to a, a little country church. And, and believe it or not, it was a smaller community than Frostproof. Okay? The community had, our whole area maybe had what Frostproof had, but the little town I went to church in was McNamee. M-C Namee. I don't know how to spell the rest of it. I was young. And but I went to this little church... And I love that little church. Why? Because of the building? Not so much. But you know what? It was because of the people that were there who welcomed me and my family into that church. And there was this one special guy at that church. His name was Graham Lyons. And Graham, through the week, was a school bus driver. And I don't know if you've been a school bus driver before, I know someone here, or a school teacher, but sometimes dealing with young people is difficult. I'm guessing before and after school is probably hard. So he was a so through the week he was a school bus driver. But guess what he did on Sundays? He served the church. He served in the local church. You know what he did? He taught me in Sunday school. Isn't that awesome? That I had a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> Who He didn't just hang out and play games with us, but he taught us the Word. That he helped us memorize Scripture. That he, he, he showed me one day how important it was 
to have honor for God's Word. So you know what? Almost every time that I pick up the physical Bible, I think about my Sunday school teacher, Graham Lyons. Why? Because he said, listen, you know, it wasn't legalistic. He's like, you don't put anything on top of this. He said, you honor God's Word always. Whether that be when you're preaching, whether that be uh, when it's sitting on the coffee table, or on your kitchen table, or in a bag. As you can see, I've honored mine a lot. <laughs> Look, this is how awesome this thing is. <laughs> so good. But it's my favorite Bible. <laughs> I don't want to give it up. So my wife has one just like this that's pink. So I'm kind of almost ready to pull it out. So would everybody be okay with having a pink one? It's the same Bible, it's just a different cover. Um, so anyway, my favorite. But but Graham Lyons changed my life. Why? Because he said, I want to serve. Yeah, I could be doing something else, but I want to serve. Because he said yes. He gave of his time. He invested in the next generation. I am the pastor I am today, part in part, because a middle-aged man who was a school bus driver said yes to serving in our kids' department at church. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Amen. That he said, yes, I'll do it. You know, he said yes to loving Jesus. He said yes to showing Jesus loved us. You know what's amazing about him? He didn't just talk about it. He didn't just speak about it. In every area of his life, I could see that what he was preaching me was what he was practicing in his daily life. So I wanted to start out with that little bit of a story. You know that was 23 years ago? Anybody like 22 or younger? Put your hand way up high. <laughs> Paul in the back, he's put his hand up. He's like, I wish I was 22. Right? <laughs> he's like, yes. But you know what, 20, that was 23 years ago, and when I, was, when I was preparing for this sermon, it was almost like yesterday that this, this gentleman popped into my mind. I don't get to hang out with him at all anymore, but what he did was he left an impression on my life. He left a legacy in my life. 20, 23 years from now, will people have your name in their story. 23 years from now, will your name be part of someone's journey closer to Jesus? I want us to answer that today. 23 years from now, will people think back, and maybe they move far away from Frostproof, Florida, will they have New Hope Church in mind when they think of their journey closer to Jesus. Church, we're here to make an impression on, on people. It's all about people here at church. It's not about a building. It's about us allowing God to use us to do the work He's called us to. Amen? And as you can probably see, I'm really passionate about that. I want us as a church to leave legacies, impressions in people. Not so we, our name can be famous. Not so David on here on the front row could be famous. But so Jesus could be famous. 
That's what we're here for. That's what we're all about today. Is to make His name famous all over the world. You know what's amazing? You're sitting in a seat and someone paid for that seat. You're sitting in a seat that was prayed over for years. And now you're sitting there hearing the gospel. There's been people come in that have gotten saved just because someone said yes. Maybe it wasn't finances. Maybe it was to say yes to serve. That someone turned the lights on today. That someone made coffee. That someone is serving in our kids so our parents can come and hear the good news about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I think sometimes we need to be reminded and get back to the basics and say, what is this all about? Why are we here? 23 years from now, will your name and New Hope's name be part of someone's journey closer to Jesus? Question mark. You know, New Hope Church exists to leave a legacy, to build God's kingdom, to do the work of the ministry. We're here to grow. We're here to grow. We're here to grow numerically. We're here to grow spiritually. We're here to, to spread our wings and serve and to grow other ministries all over the place. Let's look at, let's look, let's give back to the mission of what Jesus called us to. Look at this, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. A lot of you, most of you have heard this scripture before. But Jesus, after his death on the cross, after his resurrection, he goes and talks to his disciples. He said, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely... And this is not a person, surely, but surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's throwing out the mission. This is our mission. It's to go make disciples, to go multiply. From the very beginning, God has been talking about growth. He created Adam and Eve and said, hey, go be fruitful, multiply. Now, he's telling the church, go be fruitful and multiply. I don't care if it's at this church. We're called to grow the church, the kingdom of God. It could be down the street. That's okay, right? We're all on the same team, right? This is not Gators versus Seminoles. We're all Seminoles. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love you, Gator fans. We'll pray, we'll pray for you. Let's pray together before we jump into the message here. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I'm going to ask you a question, and you can, you can answer out loud. You don't have to answer out loud, but I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions really quickly. You ready? Do you have hope in Jesus? Have you been healed before? Has God changed your life? Are you blessed? Yes. Are you too blessed to be stressed? Yes. Does, does being part of a local church help you grow? Yes. Are you going to heaven someday? Yes. Wow. Are you growing closer to God? Yes. Wow, man. Are you learning how to live a Christ-centered life? Yes. 
Do you believe Jesus died on the cross for you? Do you believe He rose from the grave three days later? Do you feel that Jesus is the only hope in the world? Wow, you, a lot of yes. Do you want to see your church grow? Hey, wow, I got a lot of yeses. I'm going to use that to my advantage today. <laughs> Keep saying yes. Listen, in all, in all honesty, if you've said yes to even one of those, do you know that it means that there has been somebody and a church that has helped you get to that yes answer? If you look back, listen, it's not, not just, just this church. If you look back, think back for when you first became a Christian. Someone either invited you to church. Man, I, I remember getting driven to church in a Dodge 15-passenger van. That thing was awful. But guess what? We got to church. Right? We got to Sunday school. We learned the, the gospel. Maybe someone picked you up for church. Maybe someone invited you. Maybe someone just put their arm around you and prayed for you. But you know what? Somebody served you. That is why you're sitting here in this room today. Isn't that awesome? It takes, it takes somebody. It takes a local church. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three points today. Write them down if you can. Try to remember these. And we'll jump right in. Number one, it's about the numbers. You're like, Pastor Landon, you can't start out with that. It's about the numbers. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why it's about numbers in a minute. But I want to celebrate a few things. We, you've probably heard us talk about numbers at church before, right? You've probably heard us, we throw out numbers of how many people have gotten saved. You throw out numbers of how many people have gotten baptized. All of those things. You know that, that so far in 2019, right here in your local church, 15 people either gave their life to Jesus for the first time or rededicated their life. That's 15 people. Come on. That's just this year. I'm talking like two months. Isn't that amazing? You know, next Sunday we're having our baptism. That, that's an indicator of growth as well. And so I've heard people say, I want to, oh, Pastor Landon, I want to get baptized. I'm thinking of two or three right now that said they're going to get baptized next Sunday. If that's you, sign up. But you know what? Those will be numbers as well. You know, our average attendance just this year, so the last uh, seven Sundays or so, is 225 people on average on a Sunday morning. Come on. Yeah. Now, I'm getting, I'm getting to a point. I'm not bragging, okay? I'm, I don't want to brag. I'm not here to be someone like that. But our largest service um, this year, and actually for the last three years on, on, in one service was two Sundays ago. 245 people were here on, in a Sunday morning service. Isn't that awesome? 245 people. Come on, let's give the Lord praise there. So, listen. The church started in Acts. If you've read the, through the Gospels and then you look and you open up the book of Acts and if you want to, you can and you can kind of 
peruse through Acts 1 to 4, you look through Acts, and what's incredible about the, the beginning of the church is this. And I talked about it at Growth Track. It was fun the other day. But God, we all know God the Father, right? We know that He came, Adam and Eve um, came, and they, they disobeyed God. They were separated. Then guess what? Jesus came, and He bridged the gap. Remember? Yeah. So now we can have communication with God. Then at Jesus is like, hey, everybody, I got to go away, but I'm going to send you a gift. Does everybody, anybody like gifts? We're going to be talking about two gifts today. This is the first gift. Jesus is like, hey, I got to go away, but I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to you. And some people in church get all, I don't know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it wants to dwell in you. And then it says here in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 120 people, okay? That's a pretty good church service, right? 120 people show up to church. That's a good day, right? The first day of the church, 120 people show up. The Holy Spirit is poured out on the church. And then in Acts, it says, now you have power to go and do my work. Remember what I said? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hang out. In Acts 1, he says, hang out here. And in a few days, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to give you power so you can be equipped. Anybody want to be equipped to do God's work? You can be equipped to go and do the work that he's called us to do. Do you know what happened that day? They spoke in tongues that day. And, and all these people were around and they're like, man, these people are drunk. And Peter's like, no, 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 wait a second. It's nine in the morning. Who drinks that early? So guess what? Peter has the opportunity that day to present the gospel to thousands of people. Remember Peter before? It's kind of a wimp, maybe a little bit. Because he, he denied Jesus three times. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And he has boldness to declare the gospel. So look, Acts 1, 12 people at the church, the disciples. Acts 2, 120 people. Do you know what the church grew to that day? 3,000. And a lot of times then they would just mention the men. So that's maybe women and children as well. So you're looking at big numbers. Then guess what happens? Acts 3. If you read through Acts 3, guess what? The church grew by one that day. So it's showing us that the masses are important. And if you read Acts 3, you've got who? Peter and uh, his companions come up. And there's a gentleman that's sitting at the gate called Beautiful. And he can't walk. You probably know this story. Peter's like, hey, listen, silver or gold, I don't have it. But what I do have, I will give you. In the name of Jesus, stand up. And he stood up and was healed. God loves the masses, but he cares also for the one. So his church that day grew to 3,001. <laughs> then you, you open up and you go to Acts 4. The church goes from 3,001 to five, look, look right down there. I think it's verse four in, in Acts four. 
verse 5, it says there that the church grew to 5,000 men. This is in the span of a few days. Do you think numbers matter to God? Do you think so? I believe it. Look what it says here in Acts 4, 13 to 14. Now, they bring Peter and his companions in, and they're like, they're going to start giving him a hard time. They're, they're preaching Jesus. They're, they're heretics in their, in their eyes. And look what, look what happens. Acts 4, 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the, the man who had been healed, remember? The 3,001 guy. Standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. Church, have you been with Jesus? People will recognize if you've been with Jesus. You know, we're the same church from 2000 that started 2,000 years ago. Isn't that awesome? Like, well, no, Pastor Lane, we're called New Hope Church. No, no, I'm talking about the church. Believers. People who believe in Jesus. That Jesus is the only way to God. You know, it's, it's all about the numbers. Look at this. Did you know that daily... We're blowing Acts, the Acts numbers in this book. We're blowing them out of, out of the water in 2019. Do you know that every day 174,000 people come to faith in Jesus? Come on. I think we need to, I think we need to get excited about that. 174,000 people every day are being saved. You know that 35,000 churches are being planted every week all over the world? And we're part of that. We've helped plant two or three churches. Isn't that amazing? 3,500 churches every week are being planted. I believe we are in the days that the disciples only dreamed about. And I believe God is calling His church to be excited and to jump in and serve. We may be the generation that usher, ushers in the return of Christ. Isn't that awesome? We may be here when Jesus shows up and says, Alright, come home. Mom back. And it takes all of us. It's all about the numbers. Why? I'm going to answer the why and we're going to put it on the screen. Why? Every number has a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters to God. Amen? That's why it's all about the numbers. Come on. So write that down. And I want to share, I want to share someone's story with you today. Because every story matters, doesn't it? I want to show you what this local church, what you have been part of in, in the walk of someone's life. Come on, let's, let's, all, let's all welcome Laura. Come on, come on. 
Thank you. I moved here two years ago. We bought our first home down in Blue Jordan. And a background story of me is I didn't really have a relationship with God. I was raised to believe that there was a God and he created me and he died on the cross. I didn't know what Easter was about. I didn't know, I know Christmas was our, you know, the birth of Jesus and that was it. Um, my family had a really strong faith, but I think it was because that they had come from two different religions. They didn't really know how to merge well together. And that's, I think, the product of how I grew up. So when I moved here, I just had it in my heart that that wasn't going to be the case for my children. Now, I never knew why I felt this way. I just had this really strong urge inside of me that my kids were going to be raised in a church. They were going to be raised in a community of believers, and we were going to do this. Come to find out later on, becoming Christian and giving my life over to God, it was the Holy Spirit inside of me pushing me so hard to change my children's lives. So I went on the search. I tried to find a church that I could bring my kids to, which was kind of hard because me and my little brother as well believed that when you went to church, you had to be a Christian already. You had to know the Bible. So I've never even picked up a Bible. I did not know where to begin. I was extremely scared because I felt like I wasn't educated enough to go to church. I felt I wasn't a full, strong enough Christian to go to church. So when I came across New Hope's website, I didn't get slammed with scripture like, oh, this is, and because people are like, oh, yeah, you know that. And I was, no, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't understand any of it. And it felt like this was a place that I could just be who I was and be welcomed. And so I went, and I had a newborn baby at the time, Victoria. And I went just me and her to see if this is some place that I'd bring my family. And I remember sitting in the very last seat in the very back row of our old building being terrified. I was so terrified. And I remember the first face I met was Susie Duke. And I was like, oh, that must be the pastor's wife. Come, come to find out my pastor and his wife obviously were sick that day. They weren't there. Um, I, I think it was like the one time you guys were sick or something. And I, to be honest, I can't even tell you what the sermon was about. All I remember was sitting there being scared that I was going to be judged or people whispering about a mom being there with a little baby. And I was just, that's all I could remember. But I didn't feel any of that. Everybody smiled. Everybody welcomed me. Everyone was excited for me to be there. Like they knew me already. And it made me happy. I went home. I told my husband about it. And at the time, my husband worked a lot. My husband was working for a different company, so he was flying out of state at least one, two times, three times a month for weeks at a time though. So we would see him maybe twice a month. And again, I had a newborn baby and two kids and we just bought our first home on four acres. And I'm coming from like Orlando and Miami, so it was an experience. Well, well water, huge experience. And so that our life is just crazy at this moment. And my husband's like, okay, Laura, you, you do what you need to do. Because he, he thought it was a phase or a fad because I kind of get tunnel vision sometimes. And I'm like, no, this is, this is real. Like, this is, this is what we're doing. And he was like, okay. So I went back the next weekend. Same thing. Um, terrified. 
sat in the last seat by myself with my baby. Everybody was so welcoming. I got to finally meet the pastor. I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then I met Tara. And I left. And I went to the grocery store. And I'm on the phone with my husband. And the pastor's calling me. So I click over. And he's introducing himself again and wanting to take us out to lunch. And I told him I had to call him back. I called my husband. And I was like, the pastor talks to people? Like, he called me, and my husband's like, Wait, are you serious? He's like, yeah, he called. And he was like, well, I don't know, did you do something? I was like, no, I just sat there. And I was like, okay. So he's like, well, you go, you know, he's at work. So I was like, all right. I took my three kids, and I was like, they're really not going to want me back after this. When they meet my boys, we're done. And I don't even know what happened in the restaurant. I'm sure somebody got food on them or something. And Tara and Landon the whole time were just smiling and happy to have us there. And I was excited. And I came home and I started going every Sunday with my kids. My kids loved it, absolutely loved it. My husband was still traveling. And at this time, um, I began to start praying, like truly praying for the first time. And I remember praying that my husband would have a different job to be able to be with us more. And my kids were praying at the dinner table now, which God like changed us in so much to see my, my little ones starting to pray. But they prayed a strong prayer. They prayed that their dad would no longer work anymore so they could, he could spend time with them. Whew. So my husband lost his job. And um, I was going to get emotional. It was a very hard time for us. But through that trial came something so much more powerful. My newborn daughter, who I thought wouldn't have a relationship with her father, because at that time of a young child's life is when they start developing those attachments where they just want that one person and then they have separation anxiety. And I thought that that was going to happen to him. And he loves his children. He's the best father ever, and I knew that he was going to be broken when that happened. But he lost his job. He stayed home with us. I started working part-time, and he developed this amazing bond with our daughter. He's developed a better bond with our sons, and now he was able to come to church with us every Sunday. So now he's creating this bond here at New Hope, and it was right around the time, right before we moved to this building. So he was here for all of the renovations and able to volunteer to, to see this place grow to what we are today. And so he was able to feel a part of this family as well, not like it was my family that I pulled him into. He developed his own relationship now with the church through the fact that he didn't have a job anymore. And he gave himself to this church on his own will, not on mine. And to watch him go through that as well was, was eye-opening to the power of God, what, what God can do in others' lives. Because sometimes it's hard and we push and we, we pray so hard for others around us to be a part of the family. And sometimes we don't have that power. We, we definitely don't have that power. And so to watch God answer those prayers was amazing for us. And we had our whole church family praying for him. And about four months into being um, unemployed, he, he got another job. But the job he's working now, he's working 70 hours a week, but you will still see him here. He will go without sleep to be a part of this church. And that's huge for us because it, two years ago, it'd be a different story. And through that trial, we learned that. And, and honestly, that's, God hasn't even stopped there. God was telling me that this isn't it, Laura. And I'm like, what do you mean? I, don't, I can't take anymore. And 
I, my car broke down. I was without a car for many, many months to the point where I was walking one, two miles to take my kids to the bus stop. Through that trial, God introduced me to more people. Um, a wonderful woman in my neighborhood, Amanda, and I've developed a great relationship with her. And, and things were moving along, and, and I'm praying to God. And at the time, I, I wanted to be a healthier. And God's like, well, you pray to lose some weight, and we're having you walk, Laura. I lost, I lost close to 60 pounds of changing lifestyle change. And through, through that time, you know, shortly after that, my husband was able to fix the car. And then I got this opportunity to start working with our youth at church, which was amazing. And um, I started joining hope groups here. And this one hope group that I was a part of that really changed a lot for me um, was about being healthy and healthier, eating lifestyle with, with Jesus. Be, I believe the book was called Being Full of Jesus or something along that. And in this Bible study, it told me to pray for the hunger of God. Pray to be hungrier for God than anything else in this world. And I did. And I prayed for a week. And in that week, I decided to pick up the phone and do some research. And I decided to go back to school. I was already one year into getting my associate's degree in biology. But that was seven years ago. And I called this school. And I'm like, and within a day, and if anybody who's applied for college, it is a grueling task. It takes a lot of paperwork. But for some reason, it happened all in one day. I had all my paperwork submitted. Everything was just so smooth. And I was enrolled to start in three weeks. And so I got to go back to school. But God wasn't done yet. So I'm, I'm majoring in biology, pre-med. And God's like, no, this is not for you. So now I am now majoring in Christian studies with an emphasis in youth ministry. So it was a big change of pace. And then you look back, and I told my family. My family was like, wait, you? Really? Nobody could believe me. Um, and I'm still working with my family, and I've got them all picking up the Bible now and looking, looking for God's word. And again, but the thing is, it's, we're never finished. Through every trial, it's we're learning something massive that we're going to use later on. And I've had, and, and the trials don't end. I can keep going, guys, with, with these trials that I've been through and out. And learning, learning with my church community. But I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have that. Because I had so much fear when I started. And when you, when that fear begins to grow in you, because it will grow in the strongest believing, strongest faith build person that you know. The doubt will be there. But when we start developing those holes, we need that community or our mentors. Like I, my amazing mentor is right there, Rose. That, that lady right there, she patches me up. And you need that person sometimes to patch you up so that you can keep going and not lose it all. Because being alone and trying to do it alone, it's too hard. That's why God wants us to fellowship together. And He's just done so much in my life. And if anybody wants to talk to me after service about more trials and triumph, come find me. I don't want to, you know, bore you all with my life story, but it's God's moving a lot in my life, and I, I have all of new hope to thank for changing my entire family's life. If it wasn't for you guys, we would be on a different road. Hey, um, hang out here for a second. What was, what was amazing about your story was that you had a local church and people in that local church to steer you toward Jesus. 
she, pr- she said that now we pray. My kids pray. I pray. I read the Bible. I don't just read the Bible. I'm going to school to study the Bible. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's give Laura another hand. Thank you. You know, that's just, that's just one of a lot of stories that you can, if you ask anybody in this room, and it just so happened to be this was the church she was part of, but I'm sure we can all look back at our life and there's that rose in our life, right? There's that, that church in our life that's changed. So let's jump to the second one and then we'll, uh, we'll, um, we'll kind of put an exclamation mark on today. But let's, let's look at this next point here. Serving in God's kingdom is not a burden, it is a privilege. It's not a burden. A lot of us sometimes when we're serving, we think, oh, it's a burden. Maybe you're just not in the right place to serve. Uh, what's amazing about Growth Track in, in our, our 301 night, that's our third Thursday of the month. What's awesome about that is it's, we discover our purpose. We do a spiritual gift test. We see in there, hey, I love to do this. I'm really good at that. And we get to kind of see where we fit in God's kingdom, right? So if you've, read the, if you've read the Word, it talks about us as a church being the body. There's hands, there's feet, right? There's all sorts of parts, and God's calling us to be parts. So serving in God's kingdom is not a burden, it's a privilege. John 1, or for, sorry, 1 John 5, 3, it says, Loving God means keeping His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Amen? They're not, they're not a burden. 1 Corinthians 3, 8-9 says, The one who plants and the one who waters has, have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So this isn't the building, we're the building. Right? And so I love these, I love this, these two things that say co. There's co-mission, the commission, the great commission. What's that? Together. Co means more than one. Then there's co-workers that we're together. There's more than one. We need to do this thing called life. I get messages from from, uh, Shannon all the time saying, we're better together. We're better together. You know where he is this morning? Our coach? He's serving serving our, our kids right now. Eight years old to fifth grade. Isn't that awesome? That we have a coach that doesn't just say, talk about it. He does, he does it, right? It's awesome. You know, if we're serving together, if we, if we, my goal, can I tell you my goal? And then we're going to close because I know that you guys are used to a certain time, right? You're like, I'm hungry, Pastor Landon. Bear with me just a couple more moments, okay? But I want to I talk about just, just for a minute, my goal as a pastor is to see the church serve. I want to see 100% of our church serve somewhere. You're like, wait, now you're asking me to serve? Do you know that in America, about 20% of the local church, 20% of the people in a local church serve? That's kind of sad, isn't it? When you think of the Great Commission. And so I'm not here to beat you over the head. I'm actually here for the first time. Maybe this is your first time. I'm I'm inviting you 
to serve somewhere in your local church. I believe uh, the local church is the hope of the world. We, we believe Jesus is, right? And we're the church and we direct people to Jesus. So, so in our community, people can come here and connect with Jesus. That's our biggest mission here. You know, if we're serving together, the burden is what? Light. My yoke is easy and my burden is what? That's what the Bible says. So I want to give you a for instance in our church. Right now, we have a ton of amazing people who serve in kids. Come on, let's hear some of, let's see some of our kids workers. We've got Gracie here. Beck, come on, who, who else serves? We've got some back here. A lot of young people. All right, put your hand way up. Oh, be proud. Awesome. We've got Jesse. We've got Susie. So about 28 people in our church serve every month in kids. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's awesome. 28 folks. But you know what? That's about every month. I want to I show you, paint you a little picture. If there was 48 people that said, I will serve. Remember, we're talking about this. It's not a burden thing. If 48 people served with kids every month, you know what? That would be every six weeks someone would have to serve in kids. Let me up the numbers a little bit more. If we had 64 people who said, yes, I will serve in kids, guess what? We would every eight weeks someone would have to serve in kids. That's awesome. That's six times a year. Isn't that amazing? Do you think that today we could get some more people and say, yeah, I'm ready to serve. I want to serve our kids. I want to, listen, we don't babysit at New Hope though, right? We teach them the word. You're like, well, I don't know how to teach. I'll get to that in a minute. You, you might not have to teach right away or teach at all. But what would it look like if the whole church served? Can I, can I show you? Can I give you a, a for instance? This is what would happen. About a year and a half ago, I came to our church. We were at a little building. What is it called now? The little building now? What is it? How? Holly Bees. You may have seen it downtown. Little building down there. I came to our church and I said, listen, we're going to move. We're moving. We got a church. We're going we're gonna to go renovate. But I said, listen, before we do all this work, I said, I need everybody to be all in. And you know what? All 60 people said yes. And they didn't just say it. They put, they put actions to it. They served. Isn't that awesome? Now, we get to reap the benefits of that, right? We have an awesome church. But look, I want to show you, and this comes back to our numbers. There was about 60 people who said yes. They said yes to serve. Yes, I want to help fix the building. I want to paint. I want to... Man, we were here all the time doing something. And we're not done yet. Charles was here on Friday fixing stuff, like for hours. We had Davis here mowing the... Man, this guy, everybody knows Davis. This guy is here mowing the lawn yesterday. Can you give him a big... Yes. We have people who, who can serve. But you know what's amazing about that? We went from 60 on that day. So we, that whole three months, we trained everybody. We said, all right, we're going to launch big time in our new building. And you know, within the first couple months that we were here, our church literally tripled in people. Isn't that amazing? So it went from 60 to 180. If you were to count two weeks ago, it went to 240. 
That's quadruple. Why? Why am I sharing a number with you? It's not because, oh, the pastor did a great job. I don't, I don't care <laughs> if some, anybody says anything about me. It's about God and His church doing what we're called to do. And that's to serve. So if I haven't asked yet, would you, would you think about serving? Imagine what 60 people could do. Imagine now what 240 people can do. Imagine. I believe we should never put a limit on God. I dream big dreams. Does anybody dream big dreams? Will you dream a big dream with me? I believe that on Easter Sunday, as we always do every year, we do two services, that there's going to be more than 400 people here on Easter Sunday. Amen? You with me? Come on. And not just on Easter, but, but all of, when more people show up, it requires us to jump in and serve. And so, I'm, I'm inviting you to serve. I had a lot more stuff today, but I'm just going to jump to my last point. It says, number three, you're going to write it down, be equipped to serve. You're like, Pastor Landon, I want to serve. I just don't know where to start. Where do I start? I've never served. Am I going to be preaching on Sunday morning? <laughs> sure. <laughs> what am I going to be doing? I want to, be, I want to serve, but I don't know where to start. The best place to start is Growth Track. You've been hearing about Growth Track. You've heard all about it, I'm sure. But look, look at your second. Remember, what was the first gift that we talked about today? The Holy Spirit. Second gift, your pastor. You ready to see how I'm a gift? <laughs> you're like, come on, you're not a gift. You're only a gift to Tara. Listen, Ephesians 4.11. Look at this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Hey, I'm a pastor. I'm a gift. Come on. But I have a responsibility. Do you want to hear what my responsibility is? To equip God's people to do His work and what's the word? Build. Everybody say build. Build up the church. This is not Landon's church. I've heard people, oh yeah, it's over there at Landon's church. This is not Landon's church. This is God's church. So it says to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue, listen, until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then, everybody say then. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is, in, who is the head of this body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow 
so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen? Listen, our goal is we want to make it hard for people in Highlands County, in Polk County, and in Florida to go to hell. We want to make it the hardest place in Florida for people to end up in hell, huh? Like, whoa, we're talking about hell now? Yeah. We want this to be the hardest place. Because we believe we have the hope, and that's Jesus. So imagine what we can do. I want to challenge you. Let's stand. Let's stand. We're going to go. I could preach all day probably, right? I want to challenge you with two things today. Number one, I put those invite cards in your seat. Invite somebody to church. That's an easy way to serve in the local church is to invite somebody. I gave a couple cards. If you need more, we always have those around, available. Grab some of those cards. Invite somebody to church. Number two, in the, in the foyer today, we have a couple special sign-ups. If you're like, man, I want to be like Laura. Listen, I want to be like Laura when I grow up. My goodness, she, she serves in kids. She just got saved a couple years ago. She has her family praying. She has her extended family reading the Bible, who never read the Bible before. She's going to Bible school. She'll have a BA in Christian ministry. I want to be like her when I grow up. So second challenge is jump in and serve somewhere. In the foyer, there's a couple sign-ups. You're like, I don't know where to start. Come to Growth Track. We start a brand new one next month, the first Thursday of next month. Jump in. It's fun. There's free food. Right, Chris Balance? Chris Balance came this week. Oh, man, he's like, he gets free food all the time in there. There's child care. If you can't do Thursday, let me know what day you can. I will come to your house and go through Growth Track with you. I believe that God is about to do something big in our church. Amen. He's not done. It's not over. The best is yet to come. Grab someone's hand. Grab someone's shoulder. Let's pray today. Lord, we thank you today that we are part of the body of believers that, that started way back in Acts. We pray that we would do the work that you've called us to do and to speak the good news everywhere we go. In Jesus' name. And the church said, and the church gave praise to the Lord. Come on. Woo! Have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.